What's up, tribe? Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are wrapping up an epic series on injury rehabilitation and load management. We're going to go deep into why we don't like rest and prefer motion as your lotion to rehab the majority of injuries. Morning, everybody. It's uh, If it's your first rodeo, if it's your first run with us, my name is Yanni Bullmeister. Uh, I've got the voice of God behind the mixer, Richard Lellies. How are you, Rich? Good morning. Good morning. I'm good. And uh, we are two of the founders of Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. Of course, missing in action is my brother Rad and uh, Phil White, our resident physiotherapist, both away. And uh, we're going to be ripping it up today talking about one of phil's uh passion projects which is uh motion is lotion and it's since become an ethos around unity gym uh and it's really really important and particularly cool today because we've had a a a question come in over the ums movement mastermind private facebook group now if you're listening on the podcast or watching the replay on youtube this is the group that we actually stream these podcast recordings via video live and it gives people an opportunity to interact with us, ask questions, and uh, just generally hang out. And uh, it's a great group to jump into. So get yourself over there, UMS Movement Mastermind. It's a Facebook group. You can apply to join and uh, jump in and join us live. Now, on that note, uh, if you are watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, give us a five-star review. It helps us. And if you're on YouTube, help the channel by hitting that like button right now and uh, share your thoughts in the comment section. It all goes to hack that YouTube algorithm and get our uh, content and message out to more and more people. Uh, today we're gonna be talking uh, specifically about uh, an individual, a friend of ours in the UMS Movement Mastermind who has an issue with his back. Uh, I'm not gonna name any names, I'm gonna keep his um, his identity private because uh, quite frankly I haven't asked permission to uh, to um, uh, share his name. I did tell him I was going to talk about the topic today on the podcast. It's near and dear to my heart, Rad's heart. We've both had spinal injuries before. Uh, this gentleman is uh, has been doing our at-home workouts and one of our uh, flexibility programs and uh, also plays tennis. And uh, he's been diagnosed with a disc bulge. And, and, and you know, it's it's funny. The, the, the first thing I said to him when I... When I uh, when I responded was, uh, it's very, very important, and we talk about this a lot, especially when Phil's on the show, to not get too caught up in our scans, our MRIs, our x-rays. Uh, you are not your scan, and often, uh, and, and I will go so far as to say in my experience, I'm no spinal expert, I need to make that absolutely clear. I'm, disclaimer. I'm, yeah, quick disclaimer, I'm not a chiropractor, I'm not a physiotherapist, uh, and, uh, there are people that know a lot more about the spine than I do. I do have um, personal experiences and I do have uh, about 16 years experience training and coaching people with uh, compromised spines. But that's about the, where the extent lies. And I've, I've, I've read a fair bit of uh, Dr. Stuart McGill's work. Uh, the guy's a bit of a beast. We don't, sh- we don't see eye to eye on everything, uh, but he is very, very um, good with compromised spines. And so, yeah, that's sort of, that's the, that's the, that's the disclaimer. That's my level of uh, expertise. I do urge anybody who is, uh, who is listening and has uh, uh, pain or injury or symptom uh, in the spine to seek the help and guidance always of a 
fully trained and accredited physiotherapist, uh, chiropractor even, uh, and we have some great people we can refer you to if you need. Uh, but going moving forward, uh, it is uh, it is very important to to understand that. I reckon if uh, if you if you MRI'd a thousand people, probably a, 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 over nine hundred of those people would show symptoms of a disc bulge in their scan and have experienced zero to um, very minimal uh, actual pain symptoms related to that issue. Uh, it's very very common. They did a good study, and I I, I am loosely quoting the study here because it, it was a while ago that I read it, uh, the paper on. Uh, I think about 2,000 Olympic athletes, and um, and they almost all of them had uh, compromised spines, like they had disc bulges and disc degeneration and things that if if an everyday person sort of saw on a, a or was told or diagnosed with would think, oh my God, I need surgery or I need uh, I need therapy, you know. And none of and none of, and these athletes were competing at the highest level um, and and had no idea that they had these issues in their in their body. So, what I'm trying to say here is, you are not your X-ray. It doesn't. It's not a life sentence if you, it, or, or uh, your uh, MRI. It's not a life sentence if something comes back showing that you've got a disc bulge. But in this instance, the the gentleman that I'm talking about is is experiencing pain symptoms, and uh, th that occurred. Um, to my knowledge, uh, based on the communication we've had on the Facebook group, uh, that occurred um, quite um, intensely after a game of tennis. He he uh, he did a jump shot and uh, and that seemed to trigger the pain symptom. But he's also said that he's been suffering sciatica and a few other things. So there's a lot to unpack with that specific situation, and that's why I have recommended that he do work with a a really good um, physiotherapist. And he has uh, confirmed that he's been working with a chiropractor and he's feeling a lot better now, which is fantastic. Um, but what I, what the, the, the key to the question that he's, uh, he's asked is he's very apprehensive. He's back playing tennis and he's very apprehensive to get back playing uh, t uh, training in the gym. And, and this is something that, uh, that we feel very strongly about because there is a whole um, series of factors that come into play when you abstain from exercise. And, and let me be absolutely clear straight up um, how, how I would approach a disc bulge for anyone out there who is suffering from pain symptoms due to uh, something like this. There are, there are di uh, differences in the severity of an injury to a disc. You can, you can literally um, have a disc sort of explode, which is um, very difficult to, and that's usually from a qu quite a severe trauma, and that's very difficult to um, overcome without surgical intervention. But th for the vast majority of disc bulges, it is uh, something that you absolutely can uh, overcome uh, um, without surgical intervention. It's the, the surg surgery is the last thing you'd ever want to consider. And we've had many, many clients and members of our gym come through this gym having been told that they absolutely need surgical intervention to fix back pain. And after uh, you know six to 12 months of training with us, they experience zero pain. And we still train a few of them four or five years later and they're still doing really well. Uh, so yeah, you can absolutely um, cure most pain. Does that mean that the, the actual disc bulge is completely cured? 
Sometimes not. Sometimes you go back, to, if you went back and had an MRI, you'd still see that there is uh, a visual compromise in the structure of the spine, but the pain may have completely gone. So, you know, that's another example of you are not your scan. It doesn't necessarily indicate that the, 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 um, the visual um, uh, issue doesn't always correlate perfectly with the pain uh, symptom that you're experiencing or how your body uh, uh, is, is feeling, you know. So that's the first thing I want to make clear. But the second thing that you need to understand is that by abstaining from exercise, which is, you know, I've been there myself. I shared my personal story after having a, a, quite a severe horse riding accident as a child uh, yesterday on the podcast. And I was fearful of weightlifting because I was usually in a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain. And it wasn't until I started to uh, get out, get off the assisted weight machines because the assisted machines don't stimulate the body in the same way that um, you, uh, uh, free weights do, uh, deadlifts, squats, uh, heavy overhead pressing, chin-ups and all that sort of thing. You just don't get the same core activation. You don't get the same stimulus. Uh, it wasn't until I got off those assisted machines and started lifting weights that my back pain finally went away and, uh, and was cured permanently. So it's very, very important that we, uh, that we focus on this. Uh, and that is that motion is lotion. And in our friend's instance here, he's apprehensive to get back into exercise. But when I look at what he was doing, uh, he, was, he was playing tennis, uh, he, he said on average twice a week. And he was doing nine workouts a week on top of that. Uh, five of our at-home workouts, which are intense workouts. Uh, you're doing a lot of strength and flexibility training in the at-home workouts. Although you're not using uh, external load, barbells, dumbbells, uh, kettlebells, you are using your body weight very effectively to, um, to develop strength. So it's a lot of load to the body. Then on top of that, in the afternoon, he was adding in one of our uh, flexibility or mobility masterclasses, which is uh, uh, using a lot of um, um, pretty intensive stretching. And remember, stretching is load to the body. Stretching is load to the tissues, just like um, uh, resistance training is. And so you're adding a lot of load there. And then on top of that, uh, you're playing a couple of games of tennis every week. So there's nine workouts a week, plus two very intensive uh, bouts of exercise. Uh, tennis is a uh, it's it's an uncontrolled environment. You're jumping around, you're moving around. It's not like the gym where you can control all of the variables. Uh, and so, yeah, you, he was exposing his body to an extreme amount of load. And quite frankly, as we spoke about yesterday with the cup analogy, he overfilled his cup. You know, and uh, and when the cup overflows, it's 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 taking on too much load than it can handle. Uh, something something gives, you know. Now, here's the thing that I want to point out, and I did point out to a friend on the on the Facebook group. Um, it is not, it is very unlikely that it was the exercise that he was doing that caused the injury. The exercise is definitely going to have contributed to a mismanagement of his of his load exposure but um, the, the the scan that he's shown he, he posted a photo uh, 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 an image um, uh, a screenshot of the MRI scan 
Um, the degeneration in the discs and the disc bulge, that, that, those are things that occur over years, if not decades of neglect. They don't usually occur in one instance. Uh, as I said before, you can, you can cause like quite severe damage to a disc in one instance, but it usually really tears up the disc. It usually, the disc usually compresses and quite frankly, just, it, it just explodes. And that's a horrific injury that you can have. Uh, but to see just the, the, the level of disc bulge that, uh, that this gentleman has had, um, it's, it's generally occurring over a long period of time. And that, that can be due to, you know, sedentary behavior is a really common one. Uh, but most, in most cases, it's just a simple lack of strength. It's, uh, it's, it's just that the body is not, it's not strong and stable in that area and the structures start to move around a little bit and, they, and, and, and they're just not. And then, when they're, and then when they're exposed to a certain movement, uh, they, just, they just don't have what it takes to hold everything in the right place. And then you get this, uh, this disc bulging out. So my answer, uh, uh, brother, it, 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 let me know because uh, the, the, the person I'm talking about is on the live stream. I'd love to know if you mind if I say your name, <laughs> just in case I, I, uh, I, I stuff up the, pro the, the privacy promise. Um, but uh, good morning and good morning, Lee Clements. And, and quickly, we'll do a shout out to anyone watching live on the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Again, remember, guys, uh, smash the like button if you're getting value out of any of these podcasts. Uh, give us a review if you're watching and listening. And um, if you are watching the replays, jump over just like Ken has and, uh, and join the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Uh, and then you can ask questions like he has and we can go a little bit deeper and help you out. But it's just so, it just so happens that uh, what he was asking is today's topic, so it works really well to be able to share a story uh, that's, that's relevant. So my answer to you, brother um, Ken, is uh, you, you absolutely should reintroduce exercise, but you have to do it at the right pace and you have to progressively overload it. And I don't know, without actually coaching you, um, I don't know how quickly you introduced the movement, how, how used to that much movement your body was. Uh, I assume that you've got a base level of, of conditioning because you're playing tennis and tennis is a pretty intense sport. Uh, but you know, we can get really carried away and it's so common. I wrote a, a blog post about this yesterday that went out to our inner circle um, email list. You know, um, seldom does our, um, our conditioning and physical preparedness match our goals and motivation. And by that I mean, and, and it's, a, it's a very common uh, um, situation or scenario that this time of year people get a bit of a, a kick in the teeth and realize that they're not where they wanted to be physically by you know, the, the, the vacation break or whatever else. And they go, wow, I need to really smash myself into, um, uh, into fitness. You know? I need to absolutely hammer my body and get, and get in shape by Christmas. And, uh, and, and they go out and absolutely punish themselves at the most stressful time of year. It's like we all know the end of the, the year coming into the, the, the holiday season is very stressful at work. You're trying to wrap things up. You're trying to finish projects that may have taken a bit longer and, and gone over deadline. You know, you're trying to wind things up. You've also got a lot of financial stress because it's, it's Christmas and you're buying gifts for everyone and all, all these different stress factors come into play. And then we go and add a really intense exercise routine that we're not used to. Some of us may have fallen off the wagon and not, and not trained. And, and the reason I, I share that is because 
you got to understand that when you start to introduce stimulus to the body, it's got to be done progressively. And, and you've got to take into consideration what we spoke about yesterday, micro and macro loading variables. So for, for Ken's example, the macro loading is his tennis and what he's doing outside of the gym, uh, you know, at, at work. I don't know what he does uh, for, a, for a job, um, whether he's sitting down for long periods of the time, which can hold your body in quite uncomfortable positions for long periods of time, fatiguing structures in the body that need to be strong when you go out and play tennis. Uh, then when you add the micro loading variables of, of how he's performing the exercises in the gym, you know, what's his form and technique like? Uh, what's, uh, what's the amount of intensity he's stretching to, you know? Do, did you go and play tennis straight after doing a really intense stretching session, which could have really left your body feeling a little bit, uh, uh, not feeling, literally vulnerable, you know? Uh, he's made a comment here. I thought I was in pretty good shape as I always have been working out on a regular basis, yoga, weightlifting and tennis. Um, yeah, there you go. And um, uh, and so in that in that case, I think it's probably just a case of uh, going into a game of tennis, having, you know, fatigued the body, having loosened up structures that needed to be uh, strong and stable, you know, and that's where I would look at, you know, we spoke yesterday about with, with uh, Richie, the reason I use this story is because I know Richie trains the guy, Richie trains a, mm. uh, a rugby player at lunchtimes here, and he's had to change up the, the, the training split to accommodate um, our, our, uh, our members rugby, uh, both training days, uh, he trains in the evenings a couple of times a week, and then game day uh, on, on the weekend. And, uh, and you've got to take that into consideration, you know, because you can't walk straight into a competition and I'll call your tennis uh, can a competition. You're competing against someone else and you're demonstrating your strength, flexibility, fitness, uh, which is a fantastic thing to do. And we encourage people to do that. Uh, but you have to take into consideration how you're loading the body up until the point of going out and playing. And, uh, and this is, it's so important and it's something that, um, that is uh, rarely done uh, with, with proper consideration unless you're working with a coach who can sort of sit down and look at everything that you're doing and, and, and all of the, the macro loading factors as well, uh, what you're doing throughout the day uh, and, and, and things like that, if that makes sense. But back on, I digress there a lot, back on to the main point here. The reason why we say motion is lotion and rest is usually like 100% abstinence from, from the gym and exercise is usually not something we recommend unless you've got like a severe trauma um, uh, or a, a nerve injury that even, even a nerve injury we would, we would treat um, under the guidance of a good physiotherapist uh, with exercise uh, probably. Um, but a bone fracture is something that just has to set. You, should, you, sh you cannot move that limb whilst that's setting in most cases for a while. And also a... Um, uh, an injury that's required surgery and you might have been stitched up and you've got internal or external stitches that need to you know be held in place for enough time for the for the skin and the tissues to heal again and that may mean that you are you abstain from exercise completely but in most cases uh, motion is lotion and exercise should take place immediately and and under the right guidance you can do this because what happens is if you stop exercising, and in your case, Ken, your body, you've, you've said, you've highlighted here that you're, you're very used to doing lots and lots of exercise, uh, then if you abstain from that, you are immediately getting weaker. 
So you're immediately making the issue. The problem happened because of weakness. What for whatever what and and there are extreme cases that you just can't avoid in sport especially, but for whatever reason the area of the body that didn't cope when you jumped for that jump shot it, uh, that was too weak for that um, point in time for that movement and uh, if you abstain from exercise now the chances are that it's going to get weaker and you're going to go back out onto the court and have even more of a problem so this is why Phil myself Richard Rad we all talk about how motion is lotion because the, the, the last thing you want post injury is to get more weak in nine times out of ten, the injury was caused by weakness. Now there are strategies that you need to follow uh, to, you know, ensure that you're doing things properly and that that, that disc is uh, able to settle down and 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 so you you, you overcome the pain symptoms, uh, and and you know without you, you really just need the right guidance for that, the right coaching for that. Uh, but 100% to answer your question very specifically, and I'm just going to jump back over to it if you guys don't mind uh he said uh where am i i'm just racing through it's a big 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 question now i feel a lot better but i'm very afraid to go back to the workouts i was doing before including the stretches lest i get injured again i hear you talk about working through injury and doing proper load management however i never really pushed myself that hard to the point where I thought I would get any injury, let alone something so bad. It's very hard to gauge how much and what to do now to gain strength and mobility without re-injuring myself. Any advice would be appreciated. Many thanks. So first and foremost, as I've said in the comments below, um, uh, Ken, for you specifically, it's very, very rare that what you've what you have experienced there hap has happened, uh, even in even in a couple of months. It's it's usually due to years of doing something a certain way uh, that the, that the spine starts to lose its integrity like that. So I would be um, I would be very confident in saying that you need to just get back into doing what you were doing. Uh, weightlifting, especially, uh, is going to be really important, uh, but. Uh, you you need to obviously do it all progressively and you need to work on your flexibility as well. You need to do it in a way where the body is going to slowly get exposed to stimulus and just build on that, build on that, build on that. You know, uh, I would be very much focused on building strength. I would be very much focused on getting like become a master at things like the deadlift and the squat and I know that that's not something you can do doing the at-home workouts you are going to need to go and get access to uh, proper gym equipment but if you're really serious about your tennis and really serious about um, putting this issue behind you which I like strongly urge you to do uh, you need to just become the guy who is now uh, focused on performance and how strong you are you know and uh, and at the same time we, we're very big on remaining uh, mobile and flexible because you know true strength cannot be achieved in the absence of mobility and vice versa true mo a tr true flexibility cannot be achieved in the absence of strength so you know you know you want to be training in in a uh, in an even ratio of strength and flexibility uh, and you want to do it under the right guidance and and so, so that you make sure that the exposure is layered it's uh, it's systematic and uh, it's approached progressively so you don't overload the body and then on top of all of that you need to make sure that you're taking into consideration the macro and micro loading factors so that you're not interfering with your tennis when you go and lift or stretch 
and and you know that there's a, there's a bunch of things that you can do just as a as a as a rule of thumb. Never ever ever stretch before a tennis game. It's going to be really really counterproductive. You can do mobility warm up drills, uh, but you never go and stretch. You never um, uh, you know, because you're you're sort of asking the body to do very explosive, very powerful, very strong movements. You need stability at that point and stretching can affect stability, you know. Uh, um, and then the other thing is, you know, you just got to take into consideration what you're doing the day before you're planning to play tennis. And really, quite frankly, I wouldn't be doing too much, brother. I, w I, I would be uh, uh, planning my routine in, in a way where either on the days that I'm going to play tennis or the day before I'm going to play tennis, I would be um, training a lot lower intensity, a lot lower volume, maybe even just doing some good mobility drills like our 18-minute uh, uh, mobility routine. Um, and, uh, and, and then, yeah, just build everything around. It sounds like tennis is important to you, so build everything around. And this is the thing. When you're competing, when you have a means to compete, demonstrate your strength, it might be mixed martial arts, it might be martial arts, it might be tennis, it might be rock climbing, it might be CrossFit, it might be rugby, it might be soccer, whatever it is. Uh, when you have a means to demonstrate your strength and compete, you build everything around that. It's not the other way around. You don't fit that in with your training. Uh, and so you need to make sure that you're doing that um, really, really well. I hope that helps. Said of, I'm getting back to playing some pretty intense tennis now, just worried about resuming the stretching that I was doing before. Um, what I, I would like to know, what are your goals with flexibility? What are your goals with stretching? You know, And then we figure out, you know, how much, how often you should be doing it, how much you should be doing it. Because if you're, you know, tennis is uh, a sport where flexibility is going to be important. It's going to minimize the risk of injury, but you, it's not, it doesn't need to be prioritized. You know, y your tennis should be prioritized. Shoulder flexibility certainly should be prioritized. Um, but in the hip area, you know, doing the splits, yeah, look, sometimes you have to lunge for a shot and you'll, especially if you're playing on a clay court, your feet can slide and you can end up almost in the middle splits or, or whatever. But, um, and so the, there's going to definitely be uh, a need for flexibility, but you've got to also make sure that you're, you, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, and he, he said here, I was hoping to be able to do pancake initially and be able to do handstands. Yeah, look, they're great goals, but... Um, you know, let's just make sure that we're not overdoing everything. You know, uh, I, I think that's your, I think that's your, um, you're going to be your biggest hurdle to overcome. What do you think, Richard? It sounds like um, Ken has a lot on his plate that he's trying to achieve. And, uh, and yeah, you just got to, as I said, manage the load, brother. Um, there is absolutely no reason why you can't play tennis at a really intense level and still do the pancake and, and handstands. But, um, it, you you have to be realistic with how much you're exposing yourself to load. I and like I like the saying that you read say a lot. Um, you, you can only ride one horse. Uh, you can only ride a horse with um, two. What is the saying? God damn. <laughs> one you horse. Can't, you, you can't, can't ride two horses with one ass. Yeah. You got to pick one. You know. Or um, yeah, be progressive with it. Yeah, that's Don't right. And it. and and you know maybe maybe you. 
Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to tell you to, uh, to cut back on playing tennis because that's obviously a passion. Uh, but there may, you know, people have off seasons and on seasons and off seasons is where they put a big effort in developing strength and flexibility. And then when they go back into the on season, they are focused on that sport. And uh, and in, it, when, when we play recreational tennis, it's you don't really get that, you know, it's just it's just a constant. And so you have to be really careful. Your body can only take so much and uh, so much load. And, and, you know, everything we do is loading the body, even sitting in a chair to a degree, if you're not, you know, um, you're loading certain areas of the body, you know, so let's, let's, uh, let's just take that into consideration. And, and uh, and build a, a plan, a program that, that that's going to not overload the body that, that that you can manage load. Now, I I've seen people achieve astronomical um, uh, feats of physical um, activity, and uh, and that and they do they fit a lot in. I mean, I've you know I've I've read I just read a, a the book by David Goggins, "You Can't Hurt Me," uh, where he was running like an, an insane amount of ultra marathons and and things like that, and 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 in a year, and the amount of work that he did was in, insane. But it ha- it had a cost on his body. His body broke down after a while, you know, and and uh, and then he went back in and started working on his flexibility and his and 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 balancing his 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 load. Um, through uh, different stimulus, you know, so that he wasn't in pain all the time. So you've just got to you've got to take that into consideration. Uh, Ken saying the other thing is I'm 54 years old. I wonder if maybe I should work out differently than before. Look, uh, we have many many clients here. Some of our star clients are in their 60s. Uh, age is age is just a number, but you do have to take into consideration that the older you get, the longer you need to spend warming up and the longer it takes to recover, particularly from injury, you know? And so there's gonna be, you got a lifetime of, uh, of um, uh, wear and tear on certain areas of the body and, and you have to respect that, you know? And so you have to be realistic with what you're, you're, you're um, pushing the body uh, through. I definitely, definitely will never discourage someone in their 50s, 60s, 70s or 80s from exercising. Uh, in fact, I would go as so far as to say it's essential for you. Uh, and it's the only thing that's going to keep you young. Uh, but um, yeah, you just got to be realistic, brother. Uh, like nine workouts a week, nine intense workouts a week, and then two intense tennis matches. That's a lot of load to the body. Like even an elite level athlete is going to break down from that. You know, uh, we need to, I mean, we haven't even started to speak to, uh, uh, about your nutrition. Uh, are you nourishing your body to furnish that amount of exercise uh, and and your recovery and your sleep, like what what's your recovery? Uh, are you do you have a family? What's your stre- what are your stress? What are the mechanisms of stress like in your body, uh, in your in your life? You know, um, uh, all of this stuff starts to play a role. And if we if 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 uh, you know, and, and that those are things that a coach will have to take into consideration when they're looking at whether you're overdoing exercise or not. It's not something I can say here, not knowing all of these other variables. I'd have to look at everything there to tell you whether, you know, nine, uh, 11 really intense uh, uh, exercise sessions a week, that's including the tennis matches, is uh, is too much for you, you know. But by God, you'd want to be sleeping nine hours a night for sure. That's that's ten hours on the pillow, nine hours of sleep. I'd say that's what a professional athlete would be going for, uh, and uh, 
and I would um, I would be making sure that my nutrition is really dialed in. You know that I'm I'm eating in a manner that is furnishing my exercise routine and regime. Uh, not eating in a manner that's putting more stress on my body, you know, and there are heaps of things that you can do to do that uh, and to upregulate cellular healing pathways and things like that that I would be looking into. That's what I would be doing. Guys, we got to bring this in for a landing because we have our online coaching weekly group coaching call to jump over to now. I'm running a little bit late for that. Uh, I hope that's helped. I hope that's helped anyone out there um, who's suffered from an injury. Remember, motion is lotion. The reason is because the last thing you want is to get weaker. Most injuries occur due to a load capacity issue or a weakness, in other words. Don't make yourself weaker. You're just going to be making the problem worse. Thanks for sharing your story, Ken. That's a, a that's been uh, a really great way of uh, of discussing uh, today's topic. Uh, hello, Lee Clements. She said, "Got to be realistic at any age, but especially in an aged body." Uh, and Ken saying, "Many thanks. You are welcome, brother." Everyone who's in the uh, UMS online coaching group, jump over to that group now. We'll be up in about three minutes' time for your weekly group coaching call. Otherwise, we'll see you all next week on the Sound of Movement podcast. Thanks for joining us. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcut to mastery in movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.